Welcome to Global Questions by YDS, the podcast breaking down global politics for young people. I'm your host, Jen Markochi. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 2 for this Trailblazer series. But I always think there's kind of like one key experience. There's probably one moment that you've thought, this is what, you know, this is the kind of change I want to create. Today, I'm joined by Yasmin Poole, a young person who is a non-executive board director at YWCA Australia and OzHarvest, interned and works at the World Bank, a national ambassador for Plan International Australia, and a freelance speaker, writer, and facilitator. And she's also completing her Bachelor of Law and in International Relations at ANU. Today, we are discussing how to navigate which graduate, intern, and volunteer opportunities are right for you, and how to bring agency and impact into the work you complete. As a high achiever, you must get questions a lot about how impressive your workload is, but how do you juggle everything? Yeah, so in terms of juggling, I think it's something that I really had to, to learn, and by no means am I perfect at it. I remember when I was first year uni and I, I said absolutely yes to everything under the sun. And I don't necessarily regret doing that at the time, but looking back, I took on way too much, way too fast. So the way that I view this kind of work is that you have to be really strategic about what you say yes to and strategic in the sense of when you take on an opportunity, including a volunteer internship position, really ask, you know, will it also help me as in growth wise, skill wise? Um, I would often say yes to a lot of, you know, event management positions, you know, running events or, or X, Y, Z. And, and it didn't actually make sense because I'd already done them before. So I was almost loading things onto my plate without really gaining much from it. Mm. So the way that I try to, uh, how, to how I organize my time is that at the beginning of the year in the summer, I, you know, sit down and think, what do I want to do? And what do I want to do during the holidays? And I think that's really strategically important thing for university students to do because yes, I'm doing this work during the semester now, but I really pack in the bulk of my work during holidays. And that includes internships and, you know, re- and engaging with mentors and just kind of that time intensive stuff that I wouldn't have the time to do during uni. And it definitely has picked up though, since, you know, appearing on q and I've done a lot more panel discussions, but um, I guess it's just kind of, yeah, mapping out your year. And I think there's a real power in being organized and just having a really loose, but still a plan of what you want to achieve and gain. If you're doing something that is taking up your time, but not really giving you benefit, I think it's important to question whether that's really worth your effort and energy that could maybe go elsewhere. Yeah. And do you see it as kind of like a snowball effect? So you kind of start your first couple of things and then it just keeps going on? A hundred percent. And for me, I think the very beginning was during my gap year and I was working, you know, as a receptionist, nothing glam. I just was trying to save as much money as I could um, before uni. And I was just pretty bored, to be honest. I was saying, oh, this is a bit whatever. What, what else can I do? I'd recently moved to Melbourne and didn't, didn't know anyone. And I started volunteering with the Australian Youth Climate Coalition and Oak Tree, which any mm. young person can join. And just started rocking up one to two times a, a week to help phone bank and call. And that led to me finding out about new opportunities and new organisations. And, you know, through, through doing that, I found out about the um, Victorian Government's Youth Congress, which was their first youth advisory board. And I became chair of that and represented a million young Australians. But if it wasn't for the initial volunteering, I wouldn't have ever found out about that. Um, space. So I think there's definitely a lot of power in just even volunteer work because to, to simply even be aware 
of the key organizations that are in that space is already leaps and bounds often ahead of um, you know others that might be interested but don't but don't do the research so I definitely recommend just starting yeah so does that ANU undergraduate volunteer of the year award kind of speak to you taking on too much on your plate well I think to be honest it speaks more to luck because I know so many amazing young people um, that are just as deserving, if not more, of that award. I just think for me, I've been fortunate to have a public, like to have built a public and media profile. But I think to me, you know, I realized that my strength, because I think as a young person, it's really important to kind of hone down on what's your strength. And I always loved the power of communication and, you know, public speaking and not only just public speaking, but kind of telling your story and sharing that. So I think it was that willingness to be vulnerable that led to me kind of building this platform um, because I was happy to talk about my, my upbringing and, you know, again, my experiences having, I often talk about having a Muslim mother and how that's led me to kind of contextualize how I see the world. Yeah, I think the awards are really cool, but um, they're certainly not something I look at and, and, be, and be thinking, this is the defining moment for me. I think that the awards are really, really key to building legitimacy, but often I think people can strive for the award and not... Yeah the work right and yeah. I don't blame them because that is the culture that we live in today but you know when times get tough I don't think about necessarily the awards I think about what what's shaped my life the good and the bad and that always helps me to push through you know if things get difficult and so you spoke about your mother there and how she's kind of shaped who you are today or how, when you've taken opportunities kind of been in your mind can you like describe a time where she's really shaped what you've done I always say that my moment of agency, because I always think that when we go out to make a change in this world, yes, there's a lot of experiences that shape us, but I always think there's kind of like one key experience. There's probably one moment that you've thought this is what, you know, this is the kind of change I want to create or just, just a moment that makes you want to go out there and, and do something. And for me, that moment was a public speaking speech in year 10. And it was for the first time I decided because this was 2014. So there's a lot of discussion about ISIS and banning Muslims and just a lot of Islamophobia. And that was something that made me very uncomfortable as a high school student, because I had to be a bystander to my friends' comments um, and a lot of ignorance around this space. So that year 10, I entered a year 10 public speaking competition. And I spoke about what it feels like to be a daughter of a migrant woman, what it feels like to witness discrimination. And I didn't win but it wasn't even that it wasn't even the end result in that tiny little public speaking competition, making that story and making something of it and using it to actually give me strength instead of feeling disempowered. And it was the first time I had used something that had previously made me feel hopeless and turned it into something with, with a message and something that felt bigger than me. Mm. And you know, even through that public speaking competition, I remember I, I spoke to a young boy in my high school and he was also you know his his mum was Muslim and he's Muslim and that really resonated with him and that was it was powerful because for the first time I thought my story extended bigger than just you know little 15 year old me or however old I was so yeah I think that that's really kind of the experience I, I draw back to and that there is power in authentically sharing your story instead of trying to say what you want other people to to like yeah and like you kind of making a community around that and bringing people together as well i think is a big thing especially in your youth advocate role as well because you're across a few fronts 
So like when you get asked to do these speeches or um, to attend conferences, like how do you put your mind into a certain mode? Well, I think um, in the beginning, I had no idea how to prepare. I would just rock up and I probably shouldn't even say that because it makes me sound so <laughs> unprofessional, but I literally thought it was just like improv, improv of like off the cuff. Even my first Q and A, I truly like didn't write down answers. It was just like literally impromptu responses. And I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, Chris. <laughs> but I really just didn't, no one told me. Um, so I think like at, at basic, you know, if young people are going to be speaking in a panel or that kind of stuff, you know, write answers down. I know that sounds really obvious, but it's something that I didn't do. And the power of young people truly is lived experience. And that will really help you to stand out compared to spouting off something that you found on Google. My, my ultimate advice would just be pull out the, the times in your life. Like I said, that, that made you feel a sense of agency or even a sense of hopelessness, Right. And, and think about that and kind of figure yourself out because if you can take that and then speak on panels, et cetera, et cetera, there is a lot of power in being able to kind of bring out those experiences, of course, irrelevant to the topic, but yes. Yeah. And like, at what point are you able to label yourself an advocate? That's a great question. I think it would be a term I would shy away from in the beginning because mm. to me, it almost, it made me quite nervous to say I'm an ad- advocate because to be an advocate, you are putting yourself in the firing line, really, and going into, you know, at the time I had wanted to go into government. So to, to label myself, that made me feel a bit shy and unsure. But I think maybe the moment that I became an advocate, I would say probably when I, I felt like I had enough of a platform to, to say that. But looking back, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone calling themselves an advocate if they are doing advocacy work. And that includes, you know, even volunteering. We're all advocates in our, in our own way for our own causes, for our own stories. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely a term I've come to grow into versus immediately adopting. In the beginning in this journey, I would think of, you know, leadership as old white dudes. That is very much how I viewed it. And I didn't think I had the authority to be a leader. Mm. What's powerful about the word advocate is that anyone of any gender and race, age, etc., can do that. I would encourage all young people to, to not shy away from that word at all. Step into it and be empowered from it. Was there a moment where you realised like you could kind of do anything? Yeah, it was Q&A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was... Um, what was really funny about being on Q&A for the first time, so just for context, I was on it in 2018. And um, I had, in 2017, I think, I had gone and watched in the audience with my friends. And after it finished, we looked at each other and we said, in 10 years, we'll be on the panel. And, they were, and we were like, ha, ha, ha. And next bloody year, I'm like, and they're like, do you want to be on Q&A? And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what? That was just, the, it was the craziest call of my life because I was going like, why would you want to hear from like some second year uni student? And I hadn't done that much at the time. I really hadn't. Um, why would you want to hear from, from, from me? What the hell am I going to say? But even sitting on that panel, and I can't even watch that episode, by the way, I get too embarrassed. I'm like, I can't even watch it. So embarrassing thing. But you know, even sitting on the panel, right, and knowing that what I was saying was going out to a huge, huge audience, it's a really weird experience because you can see the camera and you can't see the people, but you know there are like hundreds of thousands of people listening. So it was very intimidating. But I realized that, hey, you know, only two years ago, I was on my gap year. 
And I was coming home late at night going, what the hell am I doing? You know, what do I want to do in this life? I, I just had no clue, but I knew I wanted to do something, something where I could be helping, but I didn't know what. Mm. And two years later, you know, I was on a national TV show debating with senators about, and politicians about what I wanted to see changed. And that meant so, so much because I felt that growth and I felt that world opening up. And I think that's what I, I really wish that every young person can feel that way because I always say that life isn't like a ladder. You don't graduate and then you can do something. You don't go to, you don't start your job and then you can make an impact. You don't become a CEO and then you can make an impact. There is pockets in every single phase of our life where we can make an impact. And I guess for me, it was Q&A where I felt like finally, you know, I had tapped into that space that I could make an impact in make a difference and it's it's I think so it was that experience that really changed my life but also changed my understanding of my own capacity and ability and that when you when you feel that way you feel confident and open-minded the world opens up and so how many of these things do you actually apply for or do people come to you as well it's less of an application process I have to say a lot of it is um just cold emails really or just you know, like I said, a LinkedIn message, um, you know, I'm talking to a, a prominent organization. I won't reveal the name in case I don't end up interning there. Um, but you know, sim- similar to the UN, and that was an email and a, and a resume. So um, taking the time to do that is really will pay dividends. Um, you know, apart from that, I have had people that are, that are reaching out more. And that's, that's really also, that's wonderful as well. People reaching out more for public speaking stuff I would say because obviously I'm in a position to work full time but yeah a lot of it is just having the confidence to send an email um and then if they reply then and if they don't reply it doesn't matter just keep emailing keep keep (laughs) keep pushing and and trust me like there are many that are open to taking your seat not only in Australia but also overseas as well yeah um well then my final question is do you have a message for young people who want to do great things like you are doing I would say to become a leader, one has to understand themselves. There is so much pressure on young people, as I mentioned in the beginning during this conversation, to to follow a certain path, um, to say, quote, unquote, the right things. But it's that mentality that holds so many young people back from their full potential. And if you become consumed with following the exact conventional path and saying all the right things, you are taking away from your capacity to make an impact. So in order to understand oneself, like I said, there is, there is power in even reflecting on, on what experiences have shaped you because I think a lot of young people struggle with finding their passion. And it isn't, though, to me, even finding necessarily the career that's the passion. The first step is figuring out, you know, what resonates with you. And then, then in order to, do, like, once you figure that out, you can think about, okay, how can I create impact and a difference? So, you know, with all young people, don't discount the importance of your own voice and your own ability to contribute to this conversation. And as much as mentors are important, remember that you are your own person and to follow your own path. And I think the power in doing that will lead you down a really positive track and one that will make you happy. And that's what matters. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for your time. That was honestly so insightful. Like you have done a crazy amount and I can't believe, like, it's just funny. Cause I was thinking like, we both went to kindergarten together. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> so different paths, but I honestly am. 
Yeah, so great to hear from you and reconnect as well. Of course. No, I'm happy <laughs> part of it. I got your message and I went, yeah. I was like, I was like, Genevieve. Oh, my God. Thanks for listening to this Trailblazer episode. Make sure to check out YDS on social media, where you'll find articles and info about upcoming events. We'll see you next week. Bye.